with the intro or just let me do it you're listening to action reaction i can't have fun with it anymore now now you spoiled it like you just now they know the title you just put a big like facial expression dump all over my good time facial dump sounds like a good time Okay, well, uh, welcome to Action Reaction, everyone. On that note, with me, Zane Simon, and my thoroughly degenerate co-host, Troy O'Diamonds. And we are back to talk about our favorite action movies in a uh, wholly unstructured and completely spoiler-filled, really just messy as fuck way as possible. Um, we took we bet we we were away. We're now trying to be back on a regular schedule. And this week, uh, I've forgotten our theme. I prepared a movie, but I forgot the theme. I knew what the theme was, and I prepared a movie for the theme, and then I forgot the theme. So, what's the theme, Troy? Uh, I think you announced it on our last reaction episode. Uh, the theme this week is ghosts of the past. Spooky. Although I did not pick anything with ghosts, actual ghosts in it. So if you did, then screw you for not being metaphorical. Oh, you know, we'll get there. You'll see it. And also, we talked about this before, and I I don't know why we we said this is ghosts of the past instead of just ghosts. There aren't ghosts from the future, Zane. There aren't time-traveling ghosts. Look, we're trying to be a little bit dignified here. You know, you don't... You got to dress things up. You got to fl- make the language a little bit flowery. You got to give people some presentation. Fucking writers never knocking anything down in editing. Hey, you know what? I, I, I am an artist. I play with words. Okay. So do you want to just jump into the movies? Do we want to get to some movies instead of a lot of more extended banter? Okay, you know what? Fuck banter. You. But. <sighs> You're just you're so you're so tight today. You're so like tight and uh, you fo- you're focused. And Troy being focused has no place in the world. But I'm on a lot of Adderall right now. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Before we jump in, I want to bring a brief note from our sponsor. Today's episode of Action Reaction is brought to you by Molten Boron. Molten Boron. Nobody doesn't like Molten Boron. Movies, what what do you got for me? For Ghosts of the Past, what what are you resurrecting on this wonderful occasion? Uh, Well, we're going to address the ghost part very quickly in the title. Because the movie that we are talking about this week that you are going to love, because it's just fantastic, is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Oh, God. Have you seen it? 
You're gonna make me okay. Like, it's one thing to make me watch a Mission Impossible movie. That feels a little bit terrifying in and of itself. But the fact is that it also done then by default has to be a Tom Cruise movie. That's just not fair, man. It is the Tom Cruise movie. The same way we watched The Rock so that you could see the Michael Bay movie, this is the Tom Cruise movie. This is the definitive Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise that <sighs> is Tom Cruisiest? Pretty much, yeah. And you know what? It's it's beautiful and wonderful. And uh, I, I just don't understand why you're so opposed to this right away. It's a good movie. I, I You know... I guess as somebody who's on a shitload of drugs right now, I would feel like you'd have plenty of reason to to realize why I don't want to watch Tom Cruise movies. He's very anti-drug, Troy. Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. He is. Eh, well, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. Okay, well, fine. I mean, if you're going to side up with, you know, with Dr. Teeth over there, then fine. We'll watch a Tom Cruise movie. If it helps, it's also a Brad Bird movie. That doesn't help, actually. It really does. So <laughs> let's talk about this. So we get like some big establishing shots of Budapest. And there's a guy running out on a roof in a shootout. And he jumps. And the guys who are chasing him are shooting down at him. And he shoots the guys while he's falling. And then it's like, oh, no, he's going to fall off a roof. But a big old crash pad just opens up out of his back for no reason. Because he can Okay, that is that like? Do you think that's breaking the fourth wall though? If they do that, like, is that like showing the stunt happening, or is that? No, that, that that's what spies do. Oh, okay. Spies carry crash pads with them. <laughs> yeah, he's just doing spy stuff. Okay, I must have missed that in the in, in all the CIA training out there. The I mean, I didn't see it in The Kingsman. And if it's not in The Kingsman, then how am I supposed to trust that it's real? Well, The Kingsmen are British, and the, this is a, an American spy agency. There's very different technology. They'll probably get into that in the sequel, but I get that you're you know, not deep into this. But yeah, he shoots another guy and uh, walks away with some files that have, like, Russian nuclear codes on him. He's a good-as-hell spy man. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now that... That, I feel like he blew a lot of cover just to get those Russian spy codes, but fair, fair, okay. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's very good at his job until like 10 seconds later when some blonde chick shoots him and takes the codes for a bad guy named Kobalt. Yeah, okay, see, you've just undercut your whole he's a good-as-hell spy if he's just about to get shot anyway. Maybe she's just a better-as-hell spy. <laughs> There's levels to this. Okay, yeah, no, obviously. Obviously levels, I'm sure it'll all make sense when you're done explaining it. Yeah, no, it does. So immediately after that, it's uh, we go to uh, Tom Cruise in a Russian prison. That's where he's at. And uh, Simon Pegg is in a van hacking the Russian prison and letting prisoners out and starting a Russian prison riot while playing Dean Martin while Tom Cruise fights his way through an escalating Russian prison riot. Can we just have, like, Simon Pegg be the star of the movie from here on out? Is that possible? He's, I would probably say, like, the second largest character in this, and he's very good. Well, he's always very good. I just, I, I would love for it to, like, 
Tom Cruise just dies in the prison riot, and then the rest of the movie is about Simon Pegg trying to deal with all the paperwork. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ruin this for you. This isn't like Smoke and Aces, where your Ben Affleck dies very early. You're gonna have to deal with Tom Cruise through the duration of this film. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But if a now. Russian prison riot, while someone's pumping Dean Martin through the speakers isn't good as hell. I don't okay. I don't know what you're thinking. Okay, so, it is it is I, I I just have to take the like slight downgrade to it and still enjoy it, you know? I can do that. Okay. I can be the bigger man here. And enjoy that there's just stuff on fire and it, Tom Cruise and his Russian buddy get into a basement and Paula Patton is there and blows up an exit for them. It's fun. They got capers. All right, all right. It does, you you know, Russian prison riot stuff blowing up. Simon Pegg. I'm a little, I'm, I'm allured. Okay. So some other stuff happens, and then they have another mission, which we, we can talk about the other stuff later. Uh, their next mission is to infiltrate the Kremlin within five hours and get info on this big bad cobalt before he can destroy it. Why not? Because why not? Why not have a mission to infiltrate the the Kremlin within five hours? <laughs> within five hours. They don't got a whole lot of time, not a whole lot of time for planning. So boom, sweeping shots of Moscow right away. That's our next thing. It's awesome. Uh, Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg are also in disguise. And they're just conning their way past security and using like fucking sound projecting gadgets. and Question. Yes. Are they in in disguise as one another? Because that would also be amazing. <laughs> okay. I will grant you a little bit of your Tom Cruise hate here. I don't think he can pull off Simon Pegg. I don't think he has the reach for that. It, but, would, be, it would be pretty remarkable, though, if Tom Cruise tried to disguise himself like Simon Pegg, and then you see Tom, Simon Pegg right there, and he's doing like a spot-on, way better Tom Cruise impression. Yeah, Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg are not who I would cast for my face-off reboot. <laughs> I, I See, having recently watched Face Off again, I think that they should do a face-off reboot where Nicolas Cage actually plays all the roles Eddie Murphy style. Okay. So he actually, he just plays John Travolta's role, but in a fat suit, like in a John Travolta fat suit. <laughs> and they... Have you not been watching the things Nicolas Cage has been doing lately? No, I... I well, actually, no. I, I tend to miss nine out of every ten Nicolas Cage movies because I know... I know that he's got a shit ton of car payments to make and he's accepting every single role he can to make those payments. Right. If you want to see some wacky Nicolas Cage, you don't need to invent this weird scenario. Just let's go on a journey together and watch USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Trust me on it. That, that'll probably be a future episode I'll make you do. Cause... Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying they could do, like, get John Woo back and just do a total face-off reboot, but with Nicolas Cage playing, like, nine out of every ten characters. Fair. No, I, I'd watch that. I'd watch almost any Nicolas Cage pitch. But no, we, we don't have that. We have Tom Cruise pretending to be a Russian general and Simon Pegg doing weird hacker things next to him because that's what he does. And they're just tricking guards with, like, this sound-projecting gadget and, like, a fold-out hologram screen so that it looks like a hallway, but it's not. It's a screen. And it's, it bounces between, like, fun and tense. And it's, it's, it's a good little journey. 
so Tom Cruise gets to the archives and somebody blows up their spot and like goes on the radio and says like, we're the, the spy people, we're the spy agency who are in this place that now all the Russians can hear and we're going to do a mission. And so, yeah, blows up their spot. They got to get the fuck out of there. Um, so I liked your your like intercom voice, by the way. That was well done. That was nice. I, I can do the rest of the show in that. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I, so Tom Cruise escapes, does a costume change in camera in nine seconds because he's a good spy man. And then as he's walking away, the Kremlin blows up. The entire fucking Kremlin blows up. They blow up the Kremlin. They framed him for blowing up the Kremlin. I, I feel like I would have, you know, see, I don't want to be a, a a Debbie Downer here, but I feel like I would have remembered if the Kremlin blew up. This seems awfully fictional to me. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can do alternate histories. <laughs> okay, alternate history, Tom Cruise blows <laughs> up the Kremlin, Kremlin dressed as Simon Pegg. I'm there. Okay, sure. That's what you're taking from this. So some other stuff happens. There's uh, Tom Cruise on a zip line, uh, a car flipping into a river, the, the USA disavowing Tom Cruise and the whole spy thing. But also, even though they do that, fuck it, another mission. Why not? That's what we're going to do. This Always another mission. I mean... Should you choose to accept it? What What's the point of having Tom Cruise if you're just not going to throw missions at him nonstop? Yeah. And so they give him another mission, and also they give him a Jeremy Renner. With wait, no, okay, remind me, what's the Jeremy Renner in this situation? Uh, Jeremy Renner is um, he's kind of just a logistics guy. Okay, okay, yeah, standard nerd. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like he 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 definitely works for top secret agency. But he's a logistics guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got all that going. And we got to go to Dubai now. We go to Dubai for the next mission. Because uh, we find out that Cobalt wants to nuke the entire world because that <laughs> helps evolution. Of course. And because they also have a massive shooting budget they need to justify. And so they got to go to as many exotic locations as possible. Yeah, also, he, Cobalt's a code name. He's Hendrix now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, that's the guy's... No, I, I, I was really sold on the idea that he was named Cobalt before. I, look, you've been disrespecting this movie. I wanted to make sure you're with me on it. Okay. So the plan is to trick the dude buying the nuclear codes and the lady selling them, the blonde lady from the first scene, that they're in meetings with each other, but it's really... Each of them are in different rooms, meeting with either Tom Cruise or Jeremy Renner in different rooms, and hopefully they don't know who each other look like. So, how close in the is Burj it? Khalifa? We're in the Burj Khalifa doing this. How, how close is it to that scene in uh, Spy where they meet with Salsa Dudiev, which is still, I think, one of the all-time great movie names. <laughs> To uh, buy the nuclear codes, or to buy the nuke, or to sell them the nuke? I don't remember that scene specifically. I mostly remember that movie for uh, Jason Statham yelling stuff a lot. <laughs> my, my arm ripped off. 
and I sewed it back on with my other arm. Yeah. I, I would say there's at least a passing similarity. Okay. Um, so they're in the Burj Khalifa, and also they need to hack the server, which is somewhere near the top. And Tom Cruise has to climb outside so that he can get to it. He has to climb the Burj Khalifa. It doesn't fucking matter. This movie's amazing. Oh, Lord. So there's a whole set piece of the Tom Cruise climbing, but we, he'll, he'll get that when you get to it. After that, there's parallel meetings of Paula Patton talking to Hendrix, who has a guy to validate that the codes are real. Tom Cruise and Jeremy Renner are meeting blonde assassin lady. And it all goes well until it all goes to shit. And then the assassin lady tries to have him killed while she gets away, which turns into a fight with Paula Patton, who isn't supposed to kill her. But sorry, she boots her out of the Burj Khalifa and kills her. Just boots her out the gosh dang window, kind of by accident. And the main guy's leaving with the codes. And there's Russian cops all of a sudden who are stopping Tom Cruise because he blew up the Kremlin. And they found him. Yeah, they got to do something about the guy who blew up the Kremlin. Well, yeah, I mean, granted, they do. I just, I mean, maybe, so that would be like a whole research point for me with like, how close is Russia with Dubai? How easily could they send a police force there to arrest somebody? Well, we're already dealing with a spy agency that's been thoroughly uh, denounced by its government with the U.S. side. So eh, the geopolitics aren't that specific for this. Um, but no, he gets away from them and then runs into a sandstorm and he's chasing uh, Hendrix on foot through a sandstorm and then he gets a car thrown at him. They just throw a car at him. And then... Uh, I'd insert a Vondelay Silva joke there, but I don't want to out myself. Yeah, I figured that was going to come up, but you know what? We can all make our Darude references however, whichever way we want. <laughs> Anyways, the guy gets away. <laughs> he runs into a club which is playing Sandstorm, which right. is just as bad. <laughs> and then leaps out a window into an actual Sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, so this is bad. The bad guy has nuclear launch codes. And then some other, like, character development stuff happens. Like, they find out Jeremy Renner's actually a good agent with good agent skills who's been lying, saying he was a guy who just did logistics stuff because uh, he was overseeing a mission or security for Tom Cruise and his wife at some point when his wife got murdered. And then he stopped doing uh, active field stuff after that because he got Tom Cruise's wife murdered. And some other things like that. It's whatever. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. So then they got another mission. Well, <laughs> oh, So, like, I, I, I gotta ask at this point, then, does the, would you say this movie actually has a plot so much as it has a series of fun ideas that they strung together to make a movie? Well, I said there's some mild character development. <laughs> Okay, you did throw that in, that there's some mild character development. And I have kind of yada yada over a few things. Still, you know, leaving all that aside, I mean... There's some missions. There's a shit In locations. For one movie, there's a shit ton of missions. I, the first Mission Impossible movie, I feel like I only recall, like, one mission. Yeah, but this is Mission Impossible 4. 
And so, so have to be at least four missions per. Like they've been been increasing. Mission Impossible Two had two missions. Three had three. Four has four. Yeah, it's mi- missions impossible at this point. Missions impossible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mission Impossibles. I don't know how we pluralize this. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I just like the idea of like a tiny S in the poster it says like Mission Impossible, and then there's like a little tiny S painted in there. Yeah. Whenever the next one comes out, we we should just write that in on every poster we see at a movie theater. It's Missions Impossibles. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so they're in Mumbai for a, a way to access a satellite or something. Whatever. It's a mission. And so we get uh, Paula Patton seducing a uh indian telecom ceo well jeremy renner is jumping into a super supercomputer and i i didn't get that wrong he's jumping into a supercomputer because it's that big is it and like 50 playstations hooked together like you know our the u.s military has apparently essentially yeah but with a big ass fan with a big spiky thing that you really don't want to fall on and he's just hovering above it with magnets that Simon Pegg is controlling his missions. Man, if you if you Google search images of Paula Patton, there's a lot of almost porn out there. Oh, that is useful information to me and our listeners. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't have any frame of reference for who Paula Patton is because I don't think she's been actually any, like, good movies. So... No, she's, she's in this, and that's about it. Yeah. So if I look her up, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of very, like, tight-fitting outfits and uh, low-cut dresses. Yeah, I mean, she was in Warcraft. Um, oh, okay, yeah. That's her that, thing. Doesn't, that doesn't help me any. I mean, you know, of all of all of the video game movies I'm going to see, Warcraft was least likely to be one of them. Okay, fair enough. I mean, did you see Warcraft? No. Okay, By standards. Exactly. Those standards begin and end at Doom. Doom is an amazing. Doom may be the best video game movie. I have personally taken on that feeling. It really is. But yeah. So we're still in the mission. Uh, the the bad guy is hacking faster than the good guys are. The Russian police are there uh, arresting Tom Cruise again because that's what they're trying to do. And Jeremy Renner is uh, aggrieved and just over this shit because that's really his best role. So then, uh, what else do we have? Tom Cruise and Paul Patton are going for the bad guys who are running away with the launch codes and about to launch a nuke. And the connection to the satellite that they did with the hacking or whatever, it doesn't matter. The nuke launch. They launched a nuke. There's a nuke in the air. So everybody besides Tom Cruise is like trying to rewire everything to disarm the warhead while it's in the air after all the wires got torn out by a bad guy. And uh, he chases Hendrix to, like, this massive parking garage. But it's not, like, a normal-looking one. It's, like, a cylinder and a bunch of, like, car elevators that point towards the center. It's, it's like, a revolver of cars. All right. I, yeah, I can, I can understand that. that. So it's, like, an awesome parking garage. It's like, if parking garages were only awesome. Yeah, it's a cool-as-hell parking garage. And uh, that's where they fight. They, they got a fight over the briefcase with the uh, way to access the nuke to turn it off. And it's Tom Cruise and the bad guy fighting each other with cars and then just dropping cars on each other. <laughs> so, I mean, that is 
that actually does sound really cool. I gotta admit, it all sounds super fun. Where do the ghosts of the past come in? Was that just like the Jeremy Renner character, or is there some other? Um, well, it it kind of comes around there. But first, um, while they, while they're fighting with the cars, we got to get okay. through the cars. Uh, the bad guy grabs the case and he has it, and he's like, "No, fuck it! I'm jumping off of this and dying because I care about getting these nukes off." He believes in it. He's not selfish. He really believes that it's the best thing for the human race to uh, murder with nukes. Well, that's the only kind of reasonable supervillain you can have. If they don't really believe in the cause, then it doesn't sell very well. Yeah. And then so Tom Cruise just gets in a car and drives off of it and nosedives and the airbag goes off and he lives and stops the nuke. That's That feels unlikely. I mean, I don't want to like... I, 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 at some, I don't want to pretend that like I have a moment where I can't suspend disbelief for a dumb action movie because I really don't. But I just want to say like driving a car off a building and being saved by the airbag feels very unlikely. Does it seem more or less unlikely than that being the exact point where the Russian police walk in and are like, oh no, Tom Cruise is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, fire. <laughs> or does it seem more or less likely that it turns out uh, instead of uh, Tom Cruise's wife actually being dead from Jeremy Renner's failure. Uh, that was just a distraction Tom Cruise made, and then he murdered some other people. That was all a distraction for keeping his wife alive but away from him, and he only sees her like once a year when it's safe. Okay, see, that's just hilarious. That's the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Oh, we got ghosts. God damn it. That is the dumbest ghost imaginable. Like, that that is, like, she might as well be wearing a sheet with eye holes in it level of ghost. Like, only appears on screen going, Woo! Almost everything I yada yada over centers around this. <laughs> so it's really a pall over the entire movie. This is why it felt like there wasn't much plot or much driving it, is because I, I didn't want to ruin that for you. And the missions. Yeah, there's a lot of missions, and okay, I, 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 I'm willing to allow that the actual plot of the movie might really help bolster this idea that he's secretly been disguising the fact that his wife wasn't really killed by a guy who thought he killed his wife, and he was actually a competent agent had he known that he hadn't killed Tom Cruise's wife, but... But Thought these are the levels. Time. But what? These are the levels of good spying. There's the guy who got murdered by blonde chick. There's uh, Jeremy Renner, and then there's Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I, I guess I feel like they're they're levels in the way that you're really looking for reasons to hate this movie before you see it when it's lovely and a good experience. You're gonna have a lot of fun with the missions. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I'll have fun. I'm hoping I'll have fun. I mean, it's a good, it's a good mission movie. I yeah, there's definitely a lot of missions. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy all the missions. Yeah. I just. I gotta say, as a twist, the 
his wife is really alive and several people were thought they were sp- responsible for her death, or at least one guy was thought he was responsible for her death. I would assume that he was backed by other people. So several people, like you got to think they're administrative people behind the guy who thinks he killed the woman who are also like, man, we really helped that guy kill that woman. And we feel equally responsible for that now. Yeah, well, also Paula Patton has kind of the same same thing where she feels responsible for the guy who died in the first scene because she was running that mission. So that's another ghost. This movie's got ghosts and protocols and missions. That guy doesn't actually show back up as a ghost, though, does he? No, but I'd be willing to entertain it. I, I would like it if he did show up as a ghost, like Patrick Swayze style. There's another sequel coming out. He can still come back. Okay, cool. You could like throw some pots with her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like literally throw them at bad guys. <laughs> yeah. At the exploding pots that they literally throw at at bad guys. Yeah. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is launching ceramics at vaguely Middle Eastern people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any any final thoughts then before we move on to my movie? No, I, I don't have anything else to add. This movie's going to speak for itself. All right, I, I I look forward to it because I have not. I have literally. I saw the other one Simon Pegg was in. I don't remember which one that one was. Um, I think he's been in three of them by now. Yeah, it was like the first one he was in. I okay, I think that was Mission Impossible Three. Did yeah. it have Philip Seymour Hoffman in it? I think it did. So I, okay. I feel like Mission Impossible One and Mission Impossible Three. And nothing else. And I saw Mission Impossible, both of them, like, once a decade ago, and I have no memory of anything else. Um, I don't even remember the movies at this point. But uh, Mission I, Impossible I, 1 is, like, the hover above the ground. Yeah, I, and... everybody remembers Tom Cruise dropping down the zip. Like, you don't have to, you know, like, you don't have to explain that to me. Also, the exploding bubblegum on the helicopter. Uh, I don't remember. Anyway. it's oh, great. I think a John Renault in that? Whatever. God, I love this series. Oh, God, you have terrible taste. All right. Uh, So on my side of things, I'm going to offer, I'd love to say I'm going to offer something higher toned, but I'm really, really, really fucking not. Okay. I'm going to offer something that is both a gift and a punishment to young Troy. And by young Troy, I mean you because you're just immature. Fair enough. (laughs) It was Jean Reno in a helicopter. Okay. It's a 1992 movie directed by Ringo Lam, a Hong Kong director. And it's called hmm. Full Contact. And it's one of the la- it's one of the latter movies that Chai Yun Fat made before he jumped over to the US. Okay. Total contact? Full 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 contact. Oh. Full contact. contact. Not total contact. That's probably some... I mean, total full contact could be some porn, too. But I was going to say, these both sound fairly porny. <laughs> yeah, they, they do sound vaguely like Jenna Jameson movies from, like, 1998 or something. Yeah. But... Uh, full contact, and it is a awesome distillation of Western action mixed with Hong Kong action at a point that the Hong Kong movie scene was, like, refocusing 
So you ha- you know you saw you just saw, um, triad election. Fuck! Does this have subtitles? It's in Chinese, so yeah. God damn it! That's the part that punishes you. The part that doesn't punish you is that the dialogue is so so fucking superfluous to this movie. Oh goody! This movie is centered around Chow Yun Fat as a gangster slash club bouncer who has a big mom tattoo on one arm and wears short sleeve shirts with a black leather vest over them and a bandana and and rides like a Harley Hmm. and stabs people with the switchblade. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. And so... You know, it, you start out with, like, a bank robbery where this dude just, like, straight stabs a chick in the heart and then gets her to open a safe for him after Was stabbing it, her in the heart. Is the knife still in the heart? Mm-hmm. She, okay. Yeah. And oh, that's not very promising for her. No, it's really She's not. not. going to leave you with the knife. It's a good knife. The opening credits for this movie have, like, it's like some Chinese characters, some other Chinese characters, say, like, full and contact on okay. either side. And the middle is, like, a hand-drawn rose with angel wings coming off of it. Oh, I have that tattoo. Yeah, exactly. It is that level of, like, ridiculous power metal 80s. Perfect. I'm into this. So you have this, like, super violent robbery that starts everything out in this gang of psychotic evil thugs. And then you cut over and you got Chayanne Fat as a bouncer in a bar and he's throwing people out. He's doing his bouncer thing. He gets a phone call that one of his bros is being roughed up by a uh, local uh, mobster. All right. So he runs out on his motorcycle. Your electric guitar is like screaming to rescue yeah. bro, who's got he's like got his head like rolled up into a car window while people are beating him up. Oh no. And he shows up and he does some like it's like pure basically this is like a mix of like Chow Yun Fat but in a Jackie Chan movie where he plays oh, Jackie Chan. So all his own stunts, all in camera? Some of his own stunts in camera, but just a lot of that kind of same choreography of like, I'm going to hit somebody and they're going to fly back like five feet from the punch. Okay. It, it's very like Street Fighter, Chow Yun Fat in his leather jacket and all that. So he goes and he, you know, he's like beating up these mobsters. This is one of the scenes I really want to talk about. This is like one of the, core scenes of the movie. So, you know, he's, he's beating up these gangsters and, you know, he's hitting a guy and the guy, like, flies back four feet into a car and then he kicks him and all that. And so the guys, like, grab these big knives and Chai and Fat, he pulls out this switchblade and he starts, like, flicking it around and... Okay, B- big knives context here like long for a switchblade big for more like no, a bowie knife are we talking they're pulled out they're like they're like the like 
semi machete, like a curved machete. Okay. Yeah. So like big, you know. Yeah. Italian Fat pulls out a switchblade and he's flicking it around. And th- this is to give you the absolute picture of this movie. So you remember, like, Chiam Fat rides in, leather jacket, bandana, motorcycle, 80s electric guitars. And he pulls out this switchblade and he's backing up and it's like pouring rain. And he backs up to the perfect moment where he's suddenly like he's outside in this like car garage, this garage, like taxi stand kind of thing. And he backs up to the point where the rain is dripping off the roof so that the raindrops just hit the switchblade. And he just sounds like a Danny Trejo movie. And it's just like Chai and Fat standing there with the raindrops falling on the switchblade. The guys lunge at him and he starts like stabbing people. Hell yeah. And he, he steps back again. There's blood all over the strips of the switchblade and he's back like standing under the raindrops where the rain is falling, washing the blood off the switchblade slowly. This is cool as hell. It is super fucking cool. And then you immediately cut to like. And, like, intercut with this is, like, these montage, like, sexy dances to 80s rock. With his girlfriend, like, (laughs) on stage in a nightclub, like, dancing, like, scantily clad and dancing to all this, like, power 80s pop music. So you're telling me that there is a mixture of 80s hair metal, violence, and sex all in the same scene? And and like your eighty, your like late early nineties, late eighties, kung fu style action of like, you know, Jackie Chan style action. Oh my god, I'm sold on this movie. You don't need to tell me anything else. I'm sold. So the, the eventual plot is, you know, he he goes and rescues his bro from these gangsters in this okay. awesome knife fight scene. And his, his his friend was being held and being beaten up because he owed a whole bunch of money to this mob boss. Right. His friend's like, I know how to get the money to pay these guys off, solve all our problems. You know, you rescued me. Let's solve this. And we'll solve it by robbing a bank. Sure. Yeah. Seemed, you know, logical way to go about it. That's where I and get my money. So to rob the bank he teams up with the gang of psychos that stabbed the woman in the heart in the opening part of the movie who are experienced bank robbers. That makes sense. But when he teams up with the psychos, the mob boss that he owes money to goes to the psychos and say, if you, you know, we'll let you keep any money or anything you take off of this deal if you kill Chai Yun Fat as part of it. Oh. And his his character's name is actually translated. It's not in the the movie, it's something Chinese that in subtitles will never help you out with. But in the translation one of those one of those Chinese names. <laughs> yeah, you, our mouths can't physically make those sounds. But the the tra- the subtitle version of his character is Jeff. 
<laughs> oh my god, he doesn't sound like a Jeff at all. That's not no. Oh no. So they go, they rob the bank. Wait, so you're telling me I should just like not turn on the subtitles for this? I would actually, if you could find a dubbed version of this, I would almost recommend a dubbed version because I bet a dubbed version would be amazing. That does sound good. Honestly. But, uh, so they go, and actually I don't even think it's a bank. They, they end up robbing like a truck on the highway. Okay. And they're trying to get away when the psychos all turn on this other, you know, the the group of friends with Chayun Fat and his wormy friend who was getting beat up and a couple other people. Psychos turn on them, start killing people. They, you know, Chayun Fat tries to get away, and his friend was actually who who's a cousin to the psycho gang. He ends up siding with the psychos, and he's like, "I want to oh, leave. Wow. I don't want them to kill me." They hand him a gun. They're like, "You want to? You want to live? You got to go kill Jeff. He's in this house Jeff. where we shot up a bunch of people." So his friend goes in and he shoots Jeff, shoots Cheyenne Fat, and then they don't even really leave him for dead. Cheyenne Fat escapes, but they just kind of everybody just kind of assumes he's gone. Okay, he's out of that the doesn't picture. seem smart. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, they the, his well uh. His wormy friend who betrays him shot him a lot, like shot him several times. They shot his hand up so that like his thumb, they shot his thumb off and his forefinger. Oh, okay. And then. On his knife and hand? They shot his, they shot his shooting hand along with his knife and hand. Okay. And so Chayun Fat though. He jumps in. He he find there's a little Boston Terrier in the house where he's getting shot up. No. So he rescues the Boston Terrier, and this girl who was who got ended up on like on fire. And <laughs> oh, yeah. this, this scene of he, he like jumps in a power boat on the river, and this is a scene of Chayun Fat like driving this power this, this weird like they're I think they're in the Philipp or no in Thailand. And driving this like long wooden powerboat with a little dog in one hand with this screaming electric guitar. And this sounds like a series of the greatest music videos ever made. <laughs> it, is, it is seriously just like an hour and a 45 minute long music video. Uh, is this the original Baby Driver? It might be the original Baby Driver. So they end up at, he ends up at a monastery where he gets to heal up and you just get a big training montage of him learning how to shoot with his other hand and him like doing pull-ups and like getting these prosthetic plastic fingers. And is this still to like 80s hair metal? Yes. Yes. So it might be to some Chinese, like Chinese songs with electric guitar behind them. I'm still into it. Yeah. That'll work for me. And in the meantime, his wormy bro friend becomes like super wealthy and steals Chayun Fat's girlfriend. Oh, damn. And like, you know, becomes this major underworld player. Chayun Fat's out there like doing pull ups and shooting bottles and holding his dog. 
holding his dog in his little Jason Pierre Paul hand. And then, like a ghost, he returns. Because of course he does. Like, what else was he going to do, you know? Yeah. But nobody seems to have expected it. Everybody's like, oh, he's gone. He's he's out of the picture totally. We don't have to worry about sexy Chaeyun Fat, who is, obvi- you know, rides a motorcycle and is out for vengeance, ever coming back to trouble us. Right. Does he bring the Boston Terrier? And if so, he why? He does. He totally brings the Boston Terrier with him. Why would he bring the cute doggy into a dangerous place? Well, he leaves the dog, like, in his apartment. Okay. He has to have something to talk to and to, like... So there's an amazing line in this movie, even translated. It's amazing. I can only see if it's translated correctly. It says, being a dog is easy. Bark when you're hungry, shit after you eat. But being a man is more complicated. Is it? <laughs> I don't... You know, that was my reaction, too. Is being, Not in my experience. <laughs> exactly. I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm hungry, and I start, like, yelling at people, and I get food, and then I crap, and... It goes somewhere. Yeah, whatever. It's just complicated. That's as far as I have to think ahead. I mean, I, I guess you do need to buy blow from somebody. Is that like the more complicated life that he's talking about? <laughs> yeah. So for you know, for for people like you, there's another layer. There's layers, as you say with Ghost Protocol. Right. <laughs> so. He he reappears back at his wormy friend's house, and I actually I, I should have said that his his wormy friend didn't steal his girlfriend. He actually stole his wife. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> this guy doesn't play. No. So Chaiyun Fat he comes back, and she, his wife's like swimming in a pool and die. She's she's swimming underwater, and she looks up in the swimming pool, and this like ultra rich luxurious luxurious house she owns with or she lives in with wormy dude, and she looks up and she sees Chaiyun Fat. And then she looks down for a second. She looks back up, and there's nobody. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, that you matter. know, he's flitting around for all ghost-like for about two minutes until he just grabs the wormy dude and shoves his head in the pool for a while, and then put, like takes his gun out and fires it a bunch of time right next at times right next to his head. But he doesn't kill wormy dude. He actually forgives him. He's you know he's trying to be super big about all this. That's an apology. That's a hell of an apology. It is. And a near was, drowning and some near certain tinnitus is. Yeah. And so he, 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 uh, you know, he wants to team up with Wormy Dude, who stole his ex-wife, who still doesn't know he's alive because she only saw him briefly once. And he wants to team up with Wormy Dude to kill the mobsters that used Wormy Dude to betray him. All right. Like the psychos. Yeah, I. Not the strategy I would have picked, but okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it leads to a lot more badass shit, which is the only thing that's important. That's true. So the plan they have. So you would say it leads them on another mission. This gives them a new mission. No, I'm not buying into your movies through missions bullshit. (laughs) No. 
This is not how movies... Not every movie is run by missions. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a mission, but okay. I'll watch it. So their mission, if they choose to accept it, is that the psychos are working with the mobster that paid them to uh, kill him to run an arms shipment of explosives. Cool. Oh, it's explosives. Yeah. So be... Wormy Dude, who betrayed Chai and Fat, is having it is uh, screwing one of the psycho uh, people. This chick, who, whose translated name for for the subtitles is Virgin, and who all she does in the whole movie is try to have sex with people. I was gonna guess her name is Jeff. <laughs> her name was Hefe. Yeah. <laughs> no, she. There's a, actually a scene in the movie where her boyfriend, who's this like steroid bound, muscled up Chinese dude, is uh, he 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 uh. He goes off to chase some other woman, and she's drinking. She's like pounding drinks at the bar, and uh, Chayun Fat's ex-wife comes up, and she's like, "What's wrong with you?" And he's like, "Why are you drinking so much? What's wrong with you?" And she's like, "I'm not having enough sex, damn it!" <laughs> also, this is um, interesting insight into the wormy dude. Yeah, uh, is his his whole thing like here? Getting caught? Is that why he's only messing around with other dudes' ladies? I think so. All right. I think so. And so, you know, he, he's messing around with this this chick, this psycho chick. She tells him where the arms shipment is. And that leads to the second, the other scene I want to talk about for this movie, which is Chayanne Fat and Wormy Dude. They end up in this big ice house. You know, it's like a big warehouse where they ship ice, basically. I think, oh, I figured it would be a warehouse for ice house beer. Yeah, no, no, no. It's we don't really have this in the U.S. because we have refrigeration everywhere. But you know, right. in other parts of the world, they have warehouses where they store ice. I'm sure we do in the U.S. too. And I'm just being ultra like xenophobic or something. But what? Maybe we have an ice house. Ice house. That's right. We probably do. So they show up at this ice house and they are looking for this arms shipment that's being run through there. It's like a gang of of dudes that are there to protect it. Wormy dude goes in. He starts some shit. And it doesn't, you know, everything breaks down really quickly, which leads to Chai Fat stepping out switchblade in hand for some ultra-violent fucking shit up. Yeah! And it's, you know, it's these it's these, it's these low-level mobster lackeys trying to fight Chow Yun-Fat. He grabs one of them pretty quickly, and basically all the fighting in this, in this whole scene is just Chow Yun-Fat using the low-level mobster lackeys to deflect other low-level mobster lackeys. Beautiful. And there's a point where one of the di- one guy grabs like an ice hook off a rack, and he starts swinging at Chai and Fat, who grabs another one of the guys and puts him in front of it. The dude gets the ice hook like right in the heart, and Chai oh. and Fat 
you know, he, he then like punches the guy, punches the other guy away. He's kicking ass. And he turns to the dude with the hook in him, and he's like, "Where are the where are the weapons? Where are the where's the, you know, where's this shipment?" And the guy won't tell him. He turns, he takes his hand, he just slaps the hook into him harder. Ooh. And he's like, ah. Wait, is this like a hook on a chain? Am I picturing this right? Like, is this some Hellraiser no, it's, shit? It's like a pole. Or it's like a big metal rod with a hook okay. at the end. It just gets stuck in the guy. And the guy oh. is just there with this hook in him. And the giant fat just turns and slaps it. And you're just like, ah. The guy still won't tell him. And so Chain Fat's like roughing him up, and this other guy comes after him. Chain Fat pulls out his switchblade and slams it through the di- the other dude's hand into a block of ice, and then pulls the guy with the hook in him up to look at the hand with the knife in it. He's like, "Where's the shipment?" The oh guy tells him God. at that point that it's in a boat outside. You you could have saved yourself a lot. <laughs> yeah, he really like. You didn't have to go through all this. At that yeah. point, you know, they, they're going outside to find it. And, the, you know, some dude, they follow some dude who ran out before him, one of the lackeys. And the guy tries to jump Chow Yun Fat, who then hooks the guy, who, who then grabs some chain, wraps it around the guy. And then the wormy dude kicks him off a platform because they're like multiple stories up in this big ice house thing. They kick cool. the dude off and he, he like, flies out with this chain around him and like slat you know is like slammed down into the air with the chain and of course it's hong kong in the 90s so like in the early 90s so they're just like we'll just throw a stunt man out there with a chain on him it's no big deal oh my god that's amazing then for, for no particular reason chayan fat jumps like three stories down onto the boat or like onto a like onto a lower story, right next to the boat, and uh, shoots some people, finds the weapons. Is just the most ridiculous, awesome, overly vi- needlessly violent action scene. I am excited for this. It's so fun. Then you get some more like '80s pop. 80s like metal pop hair metal uh dance scenes with his girlfriend in the nightclub and you know some more mild fight scenes that all build up to this finale that involves Chayun Fat riding a motorcycle around in the pouring rain while shooting guys and then eventually well first I actually have to mention this he's in a nightclub where he gets in a gun duel with a guy, and they shoot at each other, and the bullets hit each other. Like, they both shoot at the same time, and you see the bullets, like, fly out of each gun, and then oh, connect okay. in the middle. Fine. <laughs> it's, it's all the stupidest, like, most awesome, ridiculous action movie crap packed into one movie. I'm now I'm suddenly trying to remember the name of that. Um, I guess you could call it a gun opera. The one with um, Angelina Jolie and Morgan Freeman. Oh, it's oh, we're, uh, we're bend the bullets. Wanted. Uh, wiki, what was it called? Of the W. Wanted. Wanted. There you go. Yeah. 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 
if we want Kaladi bullets, we can watch Wanted. There you go. You but want to watch Wanted? I, I think. Well, I don't. I think this movie's better than Wanted. Okay. It's at least more more fun in its ridiculousness. Okay, but does this have now again one of our favorite recurring cast members? Very forgettable comment. <laughs> Because he's also in Wanted and very forgettable in it. I forgot he was in that movie. Exactly. He's no. perfect. No, it doesn't have common. It, 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 it has less like, it's like that if it weren't full of, it, it's like that if it weren't a movie full of people trying too hard to be in that movie. Uh, yeah. Like, this movie feels like everybody, everybody really showed up for this movie and thought it was great art at the time. Whereas wanted feels like everybody is really wants to make a stupid shitty action movie. And they're really trying hard to make the stupidest shittiest action movie they can. Yeah. With uh, James McAvoy trying to be a fight club, Edward Norton in it. I mean, this movie ends. So, okay. Because it's, Hong Kong in the early 90s and they're every like all any classic random movie I present to you is always the most like randomly un-PC movie ever. I was gonna say is there good racism in this? There's not good racism but there's the villain is just randomly gay and it doesn't it doesn't really come up at all other than like a couple of boyfriends hanging around and then at the very end he like really shows up as gay and you're like, Oh, I guess he's gay. And so he's just kind of evil because he's gay or gay because he's evil. I don't know. It doesn't, it's not good. Yeah. But he gets shot in the heart by Chai and fat. And he's to blame. And cause darling, <laughs> he gives love a bad name. Oh God. You've been priming me with eight, eight bad 80s music. I, this, this movie would be totally appropriate with that. No question. But he he gets shot through the heart and he's dying and he says even though and he says something like even though we're not related, I want to die with you to Chayan Fat cuz he shot Chayan Fat too. Oh, also okay. seemingly through the heart. All right. And then Chayan Fat screams at him well, master, I think it should probably be translated, but the version I have says it should probably be translated jerk off. But the version I have is well, masturbate in hell. All right. And that's like your closing line of the movie. Perfect. Well, not perfect. I mean, I, I would have mild edits. It depends on the translation. I would have it be uh, go honk off in hell. but <laughs> Honk off in hell. There you go. And yeah. then to just really drive the, this should just be, this is just an hour and 45 minute long power 80s rock video. Chayun Fat, like you think he's dead, but then you see the hand reach out for the briefcase full of money that he was at this, because he was trying, he was like at a fake swap money for explosives and a bunch of shit blew up and all sorts of stuff. He, and you see the hand reach out in the pouring rain and you see him slowly get up and get to his feet. 
and he gets on the, his motorcycle and there's a car burning and the rain is pouring down and he rides off on the motorcycle as the guitars start to screech and like it's, this sounds <laughs> it sounds like you're describing like the second best Dio music video <laughs> it's absolutely an hour and 45 minutes of the second best Dio music video Right, because nothing's going to unseat Rainbow in the Dark. No, but... no. But it's right there above Ride the Tiger. Yeah. Okay, I, I, yeah. I, I'm ready for this. Yeah, it, it you'll love it. It's you, you have to read subtitles, but you don't really have to read any of them. It doesn't like, sound like I do. <laughs> no. This movie is just all, like, awesome action scenes and... Cheyenne Fat being the most, I mean, if he hadn't made the killers and hard boiled, if he hadn't done the John Woo stuff, that like the super gun opera stuff, this would absolutely be the most badass version of Cheyenne Fat. Okay. I'm yeah, you know, like it. black leather vest and the, like I said, it's like the mom. It's like the traditional like heart with the ribbon around it, mom tattoo on his arm. Right. And the, the bandana. And it's just, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, now I'm, I'm almost upset that this wasn't in my life already. Yeah, you'll love it. So that that is our ghost of the past. I don't, you know, I got nothing more to say about that movie. And I am, I, I'm willing to give Mission Impossible another shot. You really should. It's very, it's missiony. It's mission. It, it sounds like there are there are missions coming out the wazoo, which is where missions usually come out. Pretty much, yeah. And again, it's it's where Brad Bird took over the series, and Brad Bird, uh, he's amazing. He's only done good things besides Tomorrowland, which we won't talk about. All right. Well. Look, if you're not going to trust the director of The Iron Giant and The Incredibles to go hard, come on. Okay, okay, fine. I, I have a thing about, like, sentimental animated movies that really doesn't do a whole lot for me as much as it should for me, but I still love animated movies, so I can't really... I, I can't hate on that. Okay, so take a guy whose directing credits were Iron Giant, The Incredibles, and Ratatouille. And you're like, hey, make a huge budget summer blockbuster. Because we trust you. I, I do love Ratatouille. That that's true. Of yeah. of the three of those movies, I own Ratatouille. That that is that's a quality movie. Pretty good. All right. On that note, you can find me on Twitter at the Zane Simon. You can find Troy on Twitter at PDL MMA. You can find us on SoundCloud and YouTube Action Reaction. Subscribe, like, love live learn laugh all those good things and we will be back in just a few days having watched both of these movies this podcast will explode in 15 seconds <laughs>